All right. And what's going on there, gang? Let's take a look at this whole thing. All right. WineCellarMedia.com. Ah, so I did make that um, Facebook post saying, uh, remind me to tell y'all why I had to uh, slap a handful of sanitizer on my face. So I'm an essential worker. Very important. All right. My uh, my direct deposit disagrees, but the uh, the government says I'm special. And uh, so as an essential worker, we're so essential, we need more essential workers. So I'm training a new essential worker. And um, I love my black brother, you know, but because breath be gangster, <laughs> his breath is so fucking real. And, um, so I, when I'm training and I'm, and he's saying something, I tend to try to like stand to the side a bit so it doesn't hit me directly or, um, or like, you know, kind of motion to something like, oh, we should be looking there, but keep talking, but we're both going to face that direction. And, um, no, no, not yesterday. Okay. Right now it's 2.52 AM Friday, um, April 17th, 2020 yesterday. April 16th, he got me. It was toward the end of the day. We're talking like last 30 fucking minutes. And um, we have to, we're required to wear these uh, masks now. And uh, the company got uh, more masks. They have them locked up tight, hidden away. And, um, and a lot of folks are uncomfortable with them. They're not used to them. So like they take them down to talk, which, you know fucking it whatever they take we all if you follow this program you know why god damn it you can spread it by talking but they take them down to talk and so the breath hits me blam and then i was like oh no i got a motion i gotta move and i'm trying to get my maneuver together and it's like it happens in slow motion the little bit of saliva came flying out of there perfect arc it was like a like if you're into the foosball the the spiral throw to get the uh the big win for the team and um and it just it's like oh no and like no amount of nigga jitsu or anything i could pull off was gonna fucking save me and uh i was just like Ah, uh, get that machine over there. And I just, I was actually, we were near a hand sanitizer dispenser. And it's not one of the automatic ones. You just push it. And so you can just slam as much down as possible. And I made a pool in my palm and just blam on my forehead and rubbed it in. (laughs) And then took a bathroom break. And uh, to go wash my face. And it, yeah, ah. It was real as fuck. I, yeah, I had to slap a handful of sanitizer on my forehead because that, oh, no, and the fucker got me. Yeah, these are the things that happen under capitalism to essential workers. What also happens under capitalism, um, this was uh, posted on the face booth by Chelsea Springler, not Sprengler. All right, as I uh, used to pronounce that. Um, Over 43,000 U.S. millionaires will get a stimulus check 
averaging 1.6 million each? Nah. Nah, it wouldn't do that. Uh, this article's up by Lee Brown. It says that at least 43,000 um, American millionaires, all right, are too rich to get coronavirus stimulus checks, are getting a far bigger boost, averaging $1.6 million each. That's according to a congressional committee. And there's a hyperlink there. Where does that take us? Whitehouse.senate.gov. All right. Uh, White House Doggett um, released new analysis showing GOP tax provisions in CARES Act overwhelmingly benefit million-dollar-plus earners. I like They just use the word earner. They just run with that. <laughs> um, so Washington, D.C., uh, Senator Sheldon, um, White House um, Democrat, Rhode Island, and uh, Lloyd Doggett, Democrat from Texas. They released an analysis today from the Joint Committee on Taxation, uh, JCT, showing a massive windfall for a small group of wealthy taxpayers from a Republican provision in the coronavirus relief bill. According to the JCT, 43,000 individual tax filers covered by one of the provisions would see their tax liability fall by a combined $70.3 billion in 2020. So... Losing seventy point three billion of federal tax revenue to hook these niggas up. I'd like to see more noise on that. <laughs> I guess we we have this New York Post uh, post. We have this podcast. Uh, we're hitting it up. We have Chelsea Springlar uh, sharing it, and I'll share this to uh, social dissonance from Chelsea Springlar. Uh, Spr- Spr- Yes, Springler. Jesus Christ, I'd be fucking this nigga's name up, man. My bad, cuz. All right, um. Uh, the Coronavirus uh, Relief and Economic Securities um, CARES Act. Um, the act uh, trumpeted its assistance for working families and small businesses, but it apparently contains an even bigger benefit for wealthy business owners and the committee fund. Uh, the act allows uh, pass-through businesses, once taxed under individual income rather than corporate, an unlimited amount of deductions against their non-business income, such as capital gains, the Washington Post said. They can also use losses to avoid paying taxes in other years. That gives uh, the roughly 43,000 individual tax filers who make at least $1 million a year a savings of $70.3 billion. That's... Combined, of course, or about 1.6 million apiece, and that's the average, of course. All right, so that is interesting. That is fun. I know you. I know you folks. Uh, you dig that, right? You agree with these decisions? Ah, yeah. Always have my critiques of Democrats, and the reason why is because they are directly to my right. Right, like as soon as I look right. <clears throat> I see a Democrat before I see a Republican, right? I see a liberal before I see a, a neocon, right? I see neo. They're, they're a blur of neoliberals as far as um, trade policy and economics go, right? But uh, yeah, because I see the Democrat right there, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is your deal? Fuck you. And then after I've 
I've riffed at that Democrat so hard. They start to back down and move out of the way. And then I see who that Democrat works for, the Republican. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, fuck the Democrats and um, fuck up the Republicans. Beat they ass. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, this is the podcast that advocates for Republican ass beating. There you go. Get that on record. And... It's another reason that the Bernie bros have just gone too far. They're calling for Republican ass beatings on podcasts that have 200,000 listens. Ooh, watch out. (laughs) WineCellarMedia.com. Socialize the masks. We have a P.O. box that I need to be remembering to uh, post with these episodes. Hello and welcome to Climate Now, our unique monthly update on what's really happening to our planet. Later in the program, we speak to the experts to hear the facts on coronavirus, pollution and climate change. Probably the impact of the shutdown of economic activities on the levels of atmospheric CO2 will be very small. But first, the latest data from the Copernicus Climate Change Service. Here in Europe in March, average temperatures were almost two degrees Celsius above the 1981 to 2010 average. The figures are even more extreme in parts of Ukraine and Russia. In Ukraine, they had temperatures up to six degrees higher than average in March and in Russia up to eight degrees higher than average. And those areas are also drier than you would expect. We can see that soil moisture and relative humidity are down for the time of year. March is a good time to look at ice in the Arctic as it's the time when sea ice cover is at its highest. And if we look at this map, you can see the entire Arctic region. These areas in red are areas where there's less ice than you'd expect for the time of year. Here around Svalbard, there's actually more ice than you would expect. Generally, the trend is down. Here we can see anomalies since 1979. We can see that we now have 6% less sea ice than you'd expect, although there's plenty of variability there too. Now to our report, and I set out to investigate what impact the COVID-19 pandemic is really having on our environment. And I spoke to leading experts via video conference. Here's what I found. It feels like Europe has come to a standstill. Streets normally filled with vehicles are empty as countries effectively shut down. Surely this has to be good for the environment. In some ways, yes. Images from the Sentinel 5P satellite show how nitrogen dioxide air pollution levels have plummeted across France and Italy. City air is cleaner. It's good news for now. I don't think we can say that there is any long-term significance of this uh, of this decrease. However, in the short term, I think this decrease uh, are, are useful. The level of uh, air pollution is affecting uh, cardiopulmonary health in general. So uh, having less pollution at a time where uh, this virus is, uh, is around is, is, uh, can only be a, a, a good thing. And there could possibly be another benefit of today's lower air pollution, as there's a chance COVID-19 may be transported on particles of pollution. There's no scientific consensus, but some experts think it's likely. Particulate matter, when it's a certain density, there is a lot of smog, a lot of atmospheric pollution, can be considered a sort of highway for the acceleration of the epidemic. 
So a cut in short-term air pollution is considered positive. However, despite the economic slowdown, greenhouse gases are still being emitted and carbon dioxide levels are at record highs. If we look at how the levels of atmospheric CO2 are formed, it's not the particularly annual emissions which are controlling the level. It's a whole accumulation of CO2 in the atmosphere since pre-industrial time, which actually forms the current level. So the reduced emissions within one particular year of this scale are very unlikely to have an impact on global levels of carbon dioxide. This coronavirus pandemic has had an immediate and significant impact on our personal and work environments. But what about the environment? The lesson learned uh, once we will have this, uh, this crisis uh, behind us will be very important to think again the problem of uh, air pollution. Unfortunately, uh, climate change uh, is around and will still be around. Uh, and will not really be changed by this, uh, by this crisis. And one last point, there have been a lot of questions about whether the virus will disappear once the summer weather comes along. The answer isn't clear. We don't have enough information yet, and there are so many variables, including how you and I behave. So stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Folks, class praxis doesn't mean we're going to tolerate hate. Um, I follow a individual on the Facebooks, uh, goes by the name of Claudette Glaze, uh, Claudette Glaze, a, um, uh, black trans woman. I think I may have, um, seen her maybe via, um, Fox Giselle, probably like may, yeah, maybe via the, uh, tea time network. So I've been following Claudette Glaze for a couple years. So like, I don't, I don't remember where I first, um, saw her speaking but uh claudette glaze made a post saying um the guy asked for a couple of dollars outside of the store i asked him how he feels about the gays and trans people he said ew them motherfuckers think they privileged i put my five back in my titty he said you petty i said big petty and trans exclamation and yeah, I saw that post, and um, and Claudette Glaze, uh, a pub- public figure, um, I shared the post, and uh, and and added the caption, um, uh, class praxis doesn't mean we're gonna tolerate hate, and we're fucking not. WineCellarMedia.com. While many small businesses uh, have applied to get loans uh, from the Small Business Administration through the Paycheck Protection Plan, which we were just talking about with Speaker Pelosi, mm. um. There are a a couple uh, discrete industries that are suing because they're not eligible, specifically lobbyists and strip clubs are not eligible. What's the story there? Two strip clubs in particular are now suing the government or the Small Business Administration. They're saying, look, they're struggling. They need a grant from the Paycheck Protection Scheme to pay their workers. Those workers just happen to work at a sex-related venue or a strip club, but it's not just them, remember, it's lobbyists too, are saying they should be eligible for these loans and they aren't. What it's going to come down to is a legal decision on who and whose workers are allowed to get access to these things. But of course, legal decisions take time, Jake, and these are businesses that are struggling like anybody else. All right. Hey, gang, I, um, I had 
saved this, and it looks like it, it's a fundraiser. Um, COVID-19 um, response fund for sex workers in D.C. area. This is not um, this is not wine cellar affiliated, but um, we 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 know folks we know folks affiliated with this. We know these folks are legit. These are not some um, these are not some grimy grifters, and um, <clears throat> and it's a GoFundMe. I'll go ahead and share the um, share the link with this, and um, it's a. Uh, no, no justice, no pride. Um, Hips, H-I-P-S, Decrim Now organizers are collaborating on a relief fund to uh, D.C. area and DMV-based uh, sex workers impacted by the coronavirus outbreak. Now, this is the funny thing about how fast this shit moves and trying to do the, <laughs> do the podcast, which is un- like, yeah, we riff about things, but it's a news-based podcast, and the news is flying, and activity is so fast that when I found this fundraiser, I think it was at 30000 and I was like, all right, I'm going to share this and break out the old debit card and take some wine cellar media, because there's a PayPal debit card, which is where the wine cellar media fund is on PayPal, and, um, and, and so I was like, you take some wine cellar media fund, and and put some on it and it looks like it's still open but they have passed the goal but it looks like it's still open so i still want to add to this you know because that's what we're supposed to do we're good lefties <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're good lefties and uh the um there's there's a list here right like it's kind of like a whole article but let's focus right here on these things right in bold as we shelter in place, uh, as sh- as we see shelter in place orders be discussed in this country's largest cities, we are asking community to help raise funds for one emergency micro grants to be given to trans sex workers uh, for food, bill, and travel assistance for cleaning, hygiene, sanitation, and other related essentials. You know, or you know, how- however that person is going to rock out. You know, I don't, I don't um like. To kick over, I don't need that list, right? Like, um, I don't need people to be what I think is healthy for them, for them to be um, deserving of a, you know, a dignified and funded existence and to be taken care of by comrades. Uh, number two, I, I don't disagree with, you know, I'm, I'm not beefing with it. I'm, you know, let's kick the grits over, but we don't need, we don't need that list. Uh, number two, motel rooms for a uh, homeless um, housing and in. Ooh, okay, a little typo there. I was like, "What's that?" Uh, housing in unstable un- and motel dependent trans sex workers and sex workers who need to quarantine. Number three, replenishing supplies provided by Decrim Now DC groups that are currently in high demand by community members. Might even try to message these folks and like see like not only can we kick over um you know funding but also like if we have supplies you know we have things right we have items uh we'll socialize and share our items hell I mean hell if I got a if I got two sharpies and you don't have one nigga now we both got a sharpie all right uh taking a look here four. Uh, DC Mutual Aid Network relief and um, network relief work and supplies related to that response for DC sex workers. 
And that's the numbered list. And it continues. Let's look a little bit more. Um, Our sex worker community needs our support right now, not just as a form of relief for an industry that has no workplace safety net straight up. Um, that is being affected by COVID-19. Some of the closest things they had to safety nets were their online communities and where they could um, interact and whatnot. And um, Sester Foster shut a gang of that shit down. Like, they basically, like, um, did Sester Foster, one of the underlying um, effects was union busting on sex workers. Is union busting of independent contractors and not only because they don't work for a corporation, there's no corporation to work for unless you're like, um, what, I think it's like Las Vegas. They have uh, that whole business going on out there. Or, or is it the whole state of Nevada in general? You know, but yeah, and I guarantee you they won't want no damn unionizing either. All right, so um, yeah, this is a real deal. It looks like you can still kick over, so... I want to do that before I have to head out to work. It's uh, 3.13 a.m. right now, April 17th, 2020. And I want to be at work definitely before 5.15. All right. Let's keep rocking out. WineCellarMedia.com and um, Oopidoo COVID-19 response fund for sex workers in D.C. area. Uh, Team fundraiser. Emilia Ruiz, Ta- Talara, woo, Talarico, and Tamika Spellman are organizing this fundraiser. Can you dig it? William said he won't attend my wedding unless I crip walk into my reception. We might as well hop out the pool pit and let the choir preach it. Your argument would have teeth if you would quit biting Phoenix. Try to beef in, we can leave them slayed. Three languages, English, tea, and shade. Wine cellar to the bone gristle. We throw missiles on the warpath to make his soul sizzle. And like attack him with the fat flow. I make it dance like Hillary to get the black vote. I'm a super predator about the hilltop. So I ain't paying attention until she does the crip walk. She can study it on Lokestopedia. For now, I gotta deal with the social media. Different day, but the same turd. Corny motherfuckers wanna drag a nigga like James Bird. With your clickbait schemes and plans. With niggas like you, who needs the clan? Something about you is seeming fake. I speak three languages, English, tea, and shade. Coming at me with your weak brigade. I speak three languages, English, tea, and shade. And I don't care what your people say. I speak three languages, English, tea, and shade. So memorize it and repeat the phrase. I speak three languages, English, tea, and shade. All right, what's going on, gang? Um, so uh, right here we have this um, outlet. It's... Uh, uh, called greaterthan.org and um they have these uh video series um and uh it's uh dope stuff it looks like right um they have an individual named blossom and um what they have written up here is a uh, blossom was in high school when she first found out she was living with hiv uh when she appeared on the tv show 
I am Kate to talk about issues uh, facing the trans community. She realized uh, she was leaving out part of who she was by not talking about her status. Today, Blossom uh, proudly opens up about being a transgender woman living with HIV, including how staying on treatment helps her be her healthiest, happiest self. As she says, quote, I need to stand in my entire truth. Go ahead and uh, check this audio out of uh, Blossom. A lot of people may remember me from uh, Caitlyn Jenner's docuseries, I Am Kate, and from my appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show in which she and Caitlyn teamed up to help me pay for nursing school. I started telling my truth, talking about my struggles of not getting in nursing school, but I, I noticed that as I would tell my story to different people, to, to different shows and, and, and everything. That was one part of my life I decided to leave out. I've been living with HIV for 12 years now. And, you know, most people <laughs> couldn't tell because I'm just so happy. But once upon a time, I just, I went around just so angry all the time. But as I get older, I really have to understand that people can talk all they want, but I can't let that hurt me. I can't, I, I just can't, you know, I've come a long way and if I'm going to talk in my truth, I need to stand in my entire truth. I feel like it was the right time, the right place for that to happen. People are still stuck on the fact of just trans people being in society, period. And so often it's a topic that's just left out because, you know, people will think, well, you, there's like three strikes against you. One, I'm transgender. Two, I'm a person of color. Three, I'm HIV positive. Society will look down on me anyway. And I feel like a lot of trans women of color don't mention it. It's because of those things. But I feel like if we don't talk about it, then, you know, the problem will continue to persist. It is very possible to be transgender and living with HIV. You can still have a normal life. HIV is not the end of the road. It should be just the beginning. Stacey Abrams is... Just another careerist trying to yass queen us into more bank bailouts. All right. Like, all right. Like, the black misleadership class is a thing. And um, in general, when we're talking black misleadership class, we're talking about um, uh, corporate heads, figures that are propped up, political heads and figures that are propped up. And um and ones that'll even prop themselves up. Like that's the thing like and that's where like an understanding of it kinda gets lost with um when we start using terms like woke jokingly or disparagingly. I can see where some of that definitely originally came from, um, before my time really. And uh it it was poked fun at in like some Spike Lee movies and whatnot. Like there was some seriousness to it, but they could admit that some of the, especially guys, could really be some fucking characters. I mean, yeah, you're going to get an Erica Badu and a, a Lauren Hill, but it's mostly guys that are, are just, they make woke into a goddamn joke. And uh, <clears throat> and so they'll see like uh, Stacey Abrams and see and be like, oh, that's a, uh, that's just the white man trying to put that one in front of us so they can trick us. And it's like, not really you. I mean, maybe like some neoliberal, but also she don't need to be propped up. Like Stacey Abrams 
does not need to be pulled into a back room somewhere and be and have some white man be like, look, we'll have you set for life. If you just go out there, smile, wave, vote this way when we tell you to, vote that way when we tell you to, say these talking points in the camera. You know, they don't actually have to go have that fucking back room creepy meeting with one light bulb over a fucking uh, a four leg table with one leg that ain't right, so it's wobbly. Like they they're not in an interrogation room, like intimidating these niggas into being like this. These niggas are careerists. They want to do it. Kamala Harris wants to do it. And they see the hustle. They see where they can fucking go get that check. Throw these niggas under the bus. <laughs> you know? And, and it's whatever. They don't give a damn. They're just apathetic careerists. Like, they, they do not have to be forced into that. Yeah, I mean, the most force at all is just the fact that they were born into capitalism. And that's the most nuance I can throw at it. I mean, once you're a grown-ass adult, it's like, you know what the fuck you're doing. You see the results, you know the harm. Why are you still doing it? You know, that's like um, in uh, back in the 2015-16 time when niggas was always like, um, Hillary's evolving. And I'm like, niggas, she's in her 60s. Right? It's 2015. She's in her 60s. And you're telling me she's evolving. Okay, but like 10 years ago, she was in her 50s and it was 2005. And um, she evolving then in her 50s? 1995 in her 40s evolving? Or even going into her 50s in 2000 when she was um, running for Senate and she was against marriage equality. And she was running for Senate out of New York. You know where the village is? Where voguing came from? She was against marriage equality coming out of New York, going into her 50s. How long does it take you raggedy motherfuckers to evolve? Nah, just a careerist. Finger in the wind politics. All right. And that's your Stacey Abrams. Because again, I, I think about there is a responsibility here, like as a black person speaking of whom there are white people listening, you know, because... um. There are these these huckster niggas, you know, and I, I see them and it's like I get why um why there are black people that voted overwhelmingly for Biden. And I get why there are white people that are like, yeah, you know, the Democrats are good. They're going to help the black people because they don't. I mean, look at which party the Klan supports. The Klan hates the Democrats and likes the Republicans. The Democrats must be doing something good for the blacks of black black president. Michelle Obama, they speak so well, <laughs> you know, and they, they think that's the bar. And I, nah, the reason why they think this is because beautiful black people in very expensive clothes and professional makeup get on a screen in a HD camera and tell you that that wacky old Jew from Brooklyn, Bernie, has just gone too damn far. And you know what? He's racist and he's just like Trump. And, I mean, we see beautiful and we're like, we like beautiful. I'll look at beautiful and pay attention to beautiful. Beautiful said that. You know, and by beautiful, I mean like Van Jones. All right? Like it's now, yes, I know a nigga might think like, oh, you're talking about like a Zerlina Maxwell. Yeah, Zerlina Maxwell too, but Van Jones is a beautiful black man there to smile at you and say, hey, 
I'm not with some 79,000-year-old Muppet-looking socialist, verbatim quote from Van Jones on CNN. And I get it. That tall, handsome, dark-skinned, bald brother got up there with his crispy, clean glasses on and says shit like that and drives people that could go left further right and plays his part in moving that Overton window as what? Black misleadership. He is black misleadership and an individual careerist. He need not be propped up. He was an activist. Probably got bored with that. Activism don't make much money. (laughs) Probably makes a lot more money to just use your beauty and go on there and sell it. Oh, wait, sell it? Wait, so he was an activist doing right. And then he took his basically biological assets and his reputation for being an activist doing right and sold it sold out sold it i mean he sold it he sold out i mean he sold it right he just had to sell it sell out i mean sell it hmm black misleadership we gotta we gotta hold them accountable for what they know they're doing all right all right and my hotep brother's and sisters, and non-binary folks, if you're there. I don't know if there's non-binary folks in the Hotep community, but God damn it, y'all niggas gotta realize that the white man ain't doing every damn thing, and the poor white man ain't got shit and could be a class comrade, but I'll work on that one for you. Media. A virtual vigil was held today for a transgender woman who was killed in Baltimore on Saturday. Johanna Metzger, who was from Pennsylvania, was staying at a rehab center in Baltimore. Her mother says she taught herself how to play multiple instruments and was a college graduate. Baltimore Safe Haven in Baltimore organized the vigil. Despite the coronavirus crisis, they're still providing counseling, food, shelter and support for members of the LGBTQ community. We're here saying that the trans community, LGBTQ, non-confirming community matters, and they need to step up and address this throughout the city. This has gone on for way too long. Before COVID-19, 10 years, 10 bodies, Baltimoreans, are you listening? This is, it's a lot. Man, trans is a lonely lifestyle. It can really be a lonely lifestyle at times. So now that we are able to roam freely and we're more accepted in community, it's like we're shut right back into the indoors. It's really affecting just the mental health of the trans women in community. The stabbing happened in the 2200 block of Highview Avenue. We have more information on Baltimore Safe Haven Services on our website. Reopening a big par- portion of the country. I had Governor, um, um, the governor from South Dakota, what's her name? Uh, she's such a nice woman. Uh, no, no, okay. All right, so <laughs> I'm over here at crooksandliars.com. Um, they get some, um, they get good, um, good video clips up. But I do keep in mind that they are the people behind it are uh, very partisan bias. Like they are straight up uh, yellow dog Democrats, one hundred and fifty thousand percent yellow dogs. All right, now. I should define yellow dog. Um, That's the vote blue no no matter who. But that's like their old school name. All right. So um, 
This is Dr. Oz, if you will, uh, on Sean Hannity's program. All right, a 66-second clip. And Dr. Oz wants schools to reopen. All right, he's going to break this shit down. He's going to break this all the way down. Thug life. All right? I hope you're ready. Big par- portion of the country. I had governor, um, um, the governor from South Dakota. What's her name? Uh, she's such a nice woman. Uh, no, no. Okay. And she said she spoke to you. So it's different in that in some parts of the country. We can open that probably immediately. Then you get to New York City. Then you get to restaurants. Then you get to concerts and, and football and baseball. Jeez, I don't have those answers, Dr. Oz. Help us. Well, first, we need our mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the nation where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just... Whoa, whoa. We need to get our mojo back. Schools are an appetizing opportunity. Why does this fucking Jack Nicholson looking motherfucker talk like this? All right. So we're going to get our mojo back. Mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the. Well, first, we need our mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the nation where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just saw a nice piece in The Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us 2 to 3% in terms of total mortality. And Whoa. So open schools because you'll only get 2 to 3% in total mortality. Wait a second. I want a second to be waited upon. Are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just saw a nice piece in the Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us two to three percent in terms of total mortality. And you know, that's any life is a life loss, but to get every child back into a school where they're hey, any life is a life loss, but <laughs> nigga, it's arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us two to three percent in terms of total mortality. And you know, that's any life is a life loss, but to get every child back into a school where they're safely being educated, being fed, uh, and making the most out of their lives with a theoretical risk in the backside. Whoa. Hey, he also said being fed. You notice that? Like it's nigga. He's saying, Hey, 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 I'll take some socialized lunches and dead kids. If it means getting the schools back open, socialized lunches and two to three percent dead kids. Is all. But then again, then again, I think their response to Sandy Hook in 2012 should have cleared up all fucking confusion. All right. Again, I critique the Democrats because they're right fucking there. They're right there. I, just, I, I turn and I bump into the motherfuckers. But God damn it, when you push that Democrat to the side and reveal their boss, who they work for, the boot for which they licketh upon, God damn it, that Republican is the devil in car. Percent in terms of total mortality and you know that's any life is a life lost but to get every child back into a school where they're safely being educated being fed uh and making the most out of their lives with a theoretical risk in the backside uh, it might be a trade-off some folks would consider we need to get industry back supply lines i mean things that we can do without putting the nation at risk 
Hey. All right. So get the kids back in school, right? Where they got this Common Core shit. I don't know much about Common Core. I just know that I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not the person to speak on it. But, um, because I didn't grow up with that shit. I learned math. I don't know why they had to change the math. You know, is that the thing that people say? Do I sound like a conservative? <laughs> I don't know why they had to change the math. <laughs> I can't help my niece with her homework. But, um, all right. But these fucking Republicans, man. The sadism that you're getting, right? And also just the the more blatant, more kind of like, I'm not going to be apologetic about it, capitalism. The Democrats be trying to be like, oh, social programs. You know, you, you lying fuck. Um, <clears throat> he's like, get the supply lines back up and running. So get people back to work and doing their shift, going on their break, going home, paying the bills we want them to pay paying the rent to the land leeches and get the kids back in school where they have the standardized test so that when they get to work, they know to get ready for audits like dead up. That's what's, that's what standard. Like I remember coming of age as standardized tests came into play, right? Like I was in grade seven when it was like, yeah, okay, we're doing this new thing called the wassel, right? The Washington state, um, learning assessment, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I came of age with that. And then of course, like, you know, less than a decade later, I'm in the workforce and it's like, you work this way and these are the procedures and, uh, like three, four times a year, there's going to be an audit and the audit is essentially a standardized test. Right. But then, um, you look at things like, uh, why bells were put into schools because factory owners wanted, um, them to be trained to respond to bells. So, you know, hey, re- recess time, break time, right? Lunch time and then recess, so lunch is a little longer than regular break. And shit's fucking rowdy, yo. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's that Republican capitalist that you see when you peel back the Democrat and you look at their boss. The Democrat's boss is a dirty motherfucker. You know, like essentially, hey, Joe Budden already works for Donald Trump, frankly. And as far as rape culture goes, well, goddamn it, they're blood brothers. Joseph Drumpf. It clicked when she would go around running through the whole town talking to him once again. He looked a little profound, trying not to slow down, coaching her like every day. He'd give her that sweet talking, always laughing all the time. He'd give her that smooth smirking, and he's working all the time. Give me all your soul. All right, gang, uh, mask update. I could probably uh, get the old video going there. And there that is. All right. Mascarino updaterino. Right, right. Um, Phoenix Kalita has the sewing machine going. 
think she said she had a five done and was doing five more. So that would make 10. A five pack came in the mail. That makes 15. All right. I want to get 30 on hand and then I want to make a public post. And I will be surprised if we are overwhelmed. And I'll also be surprised if we are not overwhelmed. Right. I don't know. And so let's take a look over here back at the um, at the Etsy account again, because I do want to just keep folks updated on what we are doing. So I'm on the um, the Etsy application and um, we went to uh, Gracefully Mead and uh, they got cotton face mask, a washable multipack variety of colors. And the um, price was forty dollars. Oh, excuse me. And it's shipping. It Oh, wait. No, it has not shipped yet. All right. But uh, that was the uh, cost of that one. And uh, that is on the way. And let's take a look at this one. A um, three-pack of reusable face mask protective cotton cloth uh, mask. The quantity is three. And um, doo-ba-doo-doo. I know we got uh, multiple sets. Yeah, and it brought the price up to $143.44. Yeah, because we got we got three packs of three. So that's um nine masks coming in. Doop-a-doop-doop. And we're ordering from multiple different sellers so we don't um, overwhelm one seller. All right. Um, and this one is a... Um, a four-pack of 100% cotton masks. We have our transaction ID here. And uh, it, the price was $22. We bought um, three of those four-packs. So 12 masks are coming in. Uh, 66 The total came out to $70.13. And this one, the one that showed up, the pack of five... Uh, the order total was uh, $28.68. So, yeah, masks are coming in staggered. They're on the way. They're shipping. They're not shipped yet. They're ordered. They're paid for. You know, and that is coming from the Wine Cellar Media Fund, where folks hold it down. It's um already coming out of Patreon automatically monthly from folks. And, um, and then there are folks that hit up uh, PayPal, that hit up the Venmo. Uh, Phoenix Collider has that cash app, All right? I want to take a look over here at the um, at the PayPal. Whoopsie days! What the hell did I just gosh darn do, buddy chief? There we are. And um, uh, Jan Loco uh, kicked over Jan Loco, one of the um uh, first supporters of the wine cellar when we uh were doing these Black Atheist podcasts, um. Uh, Tally Loco um, kicked over, and um, Regina Loco kicked over. Uh, Frogtown Designs. Uh, what do? Let me see if uh, Frogtown Designs left a message. There's no message. What do you folks do down at Frogtown Designs? Let's see if uh, I might, I might, I might need some designs, right? <laughs> um, Oh, it doesn't show me. I could have swore that it would show a note. Oh, there it is. Um, for the masks efforts and thanks for helping. Uh, Tally Loco um, said, uh, got my so-called stimulus check. Blessed to be able to use some to say thank you for your label and labor and hope y'all are well. I did have to uh, slap a handful of sanitizer on my face. 
And uh, there is no note with uh, Regina logos. Uh, not one with Frogtown. Uh, the homie uh, Neely Loco came through uh, heavily. Uh, no, I don't see a note on that one. Uh, Michael Loco, very common name, but Michael Loco came through. Okay, so it's from uh, Rebecca Loco via uh, that account. I see how I, 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 I can dig it. Yeah, folks are holding it down. Yeah, uh, Thomas Loco came through in the joint. You know, uh, Molly Loco holding it down. Lisa Loco. Um, a, diff- a different Lisa Loco. Basically, there's... Jeez, w- before I even finish scrolling, I literally have three Lisas on the page at the same time. So, you know, several Lisas. Amanda Loco holding it down. Um, Tally Loco again. Uh, Stephanie Loco, Neely Loco again, Catherine Loco, Jeffrey, uh, Patricia Loco, Lydia Loco, Heather Loco, uh, all y'all niggas, goddamn, uh, Britain Loco, damn, holy shit, that looks like a name from someone from elementary school, uh, Jason Loco, uh, another Jason, yeah, man, Eileen Loco, yeah, y'all folks are, uh, yeah, let's get these masks out. You folks kicked in. We're kicking it right back out. Just, uh, yeah, we'll socialize it. We have the um, the P.O. box, which I can tell you in audio here. Skibby flibby jibby doo. If I can uh, get past my, uh, <laughs> my notes that I made for work. Uh, Wine Cellar Media. And uh, this is the P.O. box, folks. Uh, Wine Cellar Media, 847 uh s randall road and that's uh r-a-n-d-a-l-l and box uh number 400 hat that's hashtag 400 elgin illinois 60123 damn we should probably check that like every other day huh like we that's a location we actually have to go to but then again you know what should start just putting gas in the car off the wine cellar media fund yeah yeah yeah, like yeah folks fund it we'll we'll use it you know do the do the goddamn shit with it all right uh thanks for holding it the fuck down everybody right we have a paypal.me slash phoenix and william patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund um phoenix kaliter has that cash app i think it's dollar sign phoenix kaliter i haven't typed that one in in a while and um, on the Facebook, I have that that Venmo deal, which um, I should click over there right before I uh, turn this microphone off and wrap this gosh darn thing up. Skibby flibby jibby doo. And where does it show activity on the deal? Laura Loco, <laughs> uh, Laura Loco uh, uh, kicked over, held it down, said a uh, mini fridge and snacks if needed. Mask and supplies for now. Be well. Thank you, Loco. And uh, Emily Loco, first one to uh, kick over on this uh, Venmo, said, I just wanted to say thank you to you and Phoenix for everything you do. And thank you for helping motherfuckers out. We need groceries and uh and also, I think, yeah, this was thing just going into pandemic time, and now we need to socialize the masks and other products if needed. Yo, let's keep the air to the street. I guess we kind of have a bit of a team around us now, so let's interact with each other and um, 
and see what folks need. Yeah, if you're seeing, you're hearing, uh, let us know, and uh, we'll get active. All right. Thanks for uh, holding it down. And please be as safe as possible wherever you are.